All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here. Today is June 5th, 2022, and I just talked with Pastor Martins on his cell phone, and he's still out on the road, and uh, we had a brief conversation that was cut off, so he's probably out in the backwoods, the veldt, I guess, as they call it in South Africa, and uh, not able to talk even on his cell phone, so no possibility of his uh, getting on a computer and talking with us today. So I'm just going to continue from where I left off last week, and I put the link in the chat room, uh, the Israelite.com slash reference slash Willie Martin slash Seer, etc. And you can open that up, and I'm going to be beginning at the heading of Luderlitz, our day of reckoning, which is about three-quarters of the way down into the document, because we're just getting into the area of the document where where Van Rensburg seems to be, uh, and a lot of people have interpreted him to be saying this, that at some point in the future, Germany, after the black government, which he prophesied that there would be a black government in South Africa, he prophesied that sometime around 1914, and that uh, Africa would, uh, South Africa would be in a spirit of turmoil for quite some time after that black government is established. And that, but ultimately, there would be a coming back that the white rule in, uh, and the uh, Boer rule in South Africa would come back and that Germany would support this move at some point and, uh, uh there would be an actual coup d'etat by the Boer people to regain control of their country, okay, wresting it away from the ANC. Now, Pastor Martins and I talked about this several years ago, and I commented at the time that, well, this really looks unlikely. (laughs) There would have to be some dramatic changes in Germany before such a development could happen, uh, but this Ukraine war looks like it may be the catalyst because there's so many of his prophecies have come true, unbelievably so, that uh, it, with all these other prophecies coming true, why shouldn't this one come true? So again, it would have to uh, be a, a tremendous turnabout in European the European political situation for this to occur. But let me just quickly read uh, what's going on in Germany right now. And here's an article which I posted. And this is from the Carnegie Institute, Carnegie Europe. And, of course, the Carnegie Foundation is one of the Jew World Order foundations to you know, rule the world you know, via the United Nations and all their tax-exempt foundations and corporations. But very interesting, the title is, why Germany is undermining NATO unity on Russia. Okay, so this Ukrainian war may have something to do with Germany's eventual about-face and possibly even even leaving NATO. If that happens and all bets are off, anything's possible, and the Van Rensburg prophecy that Germany would eventually come to the aid of South Africa, Boer South Africa, 
uh, and the end times looks like a possible reality. Anyway, the article is by Judy Dempsey, and this was stated January 26, 2022. As Russia continues its military buildup along Ukraine's borders, NATO and the EU are trying to project a strong united front on these extraordinary and dangerous developments. But Germany is undermining that unity, she says, leaving the West weaker and more divided. Well, really? Below, Strategic Europe Editor-in-Chief Judy Dempsey digs into what's driving Germany's actions on this latest crisis. So apparently that paragraph was by uh, the editor, not by Judy. Here's what Judy Dempsey has to say. Why is Germany reluctant to follow NATO, NATO allies on Ukraine? Publicly, Berlin toes the NATO line on sending troops and equipment to the Baltic states and Romania in order to boost the alliance's eastern flank. In practice, it does not want to send any defensive weapons to Ukraine. It blocked Estonia from sending such equipment, whoa, which had been made in Germany, and a UK aircraft carrying military equipment to Ukraine detoured around German airspace. The German political establishment believes such moves will destabilize Europe and make it more difficult to have a dialogue with Russia. Very interesting. Next heading by Judy here. But isn't Russia trying to destabilize Ukraine? Germany doesn't see it that way. There is a part of the German establishment that sees Ukraine through the prism of Russia. For historical reasons, this group views Ukraine, Belarus, and Georgia as a cordon sanitaire, a clear path maybe is what she means, cordon sanitaire, between Europe and Russia. There is a legacy of both centuries-old rivalry and cooperation between Russia and Germany. And there is the immense historical guilt of Germany's role in World War II. Of course, uh, the German people are uh, are reluctant to get into another arms race, uh, Europe altogether. You know, this is why the NATO countries have been totally reluctant into getting involved in this war. And there's all kinds of pressure. The, the European people do not want to see another war on their territory and their homes, like World Wars One and Two. They do not want to see that again. So this is going to be a real uphill battle to turn this Ukraine conflict into World War III in Europe. I think the resistance to this is going to be very strong, and I think that's probably another motivation for the German government as well as the German people. But let's continue here. Ukraine and Belarus suffered horribly under Adolf Hitler's occupation, Oh, not nearly as much as they suffered under the Stalin's purging of 11 million Ukrainians. But somehow these facts don't enter into the public discourse. The historical guilt is centered on Russia, and German politicians often refer to this legacy. Yeah, well, I mean, Stalin uh, exterminated 11 million Ukrainians. So, uh, yeah, of course, it was communist Russia at the time, and Germany in both World War One and World War Two was avowedly anti-communist. Okay, but let's continue. So, question. Don't Belarus, Georgia, and Ukraine one day want to join both NATO and the EU? Yes, joining the EU is a long way off, but that is their goal. That is what drives the reformers when it comes to strengthening democracies, quote-unquote, the rule of law, the rule of international fiat law, and an independent judiciary. That's what scares Russia, truly independent democratic countries on its border. Well, they're not truly independent democratic countries. They belong to the United Nations, and NATO is its red line. Putin does not want any Eastern European countries joining this Western security alliance. If they did, the United States would, from the security and military points of view, dominate only Western Europe, but also Eastern Europe. Russia would lose any leverage to influence events among its immediate Western neighbors. NATO would defend these countries if they were threatened or attacked. Well, I don't know if it would. <laughs> I don't know if it would. That is why Putin is threatening Ukraine and demanding a watertight commitment from NATO that Ukraine will not join. 
And of course, we announced last week, I believe it was, that Turkey is blocking uh, Ukrainian entry into NATO for its own reasons, because NATO, I mean, because Turkey uh, says that uh, Ukraine, and, and I think, oh, actually, it's either Sweden or Finland, because those two countries are harboring so-called terrorists who uh, have fled Turkey to live in those countries. So things are not uh, hunky-dory in NATO land, folks. So whatever, uh, again, what we're seeing, this is a uh, policy statement by the global elite. So uh, it's, it really doesn't mean too much. But here, uh, again, getting back to Germany, does Germany's stance have any support? Yes, from France, but for different reasons. President Emmanuel Macron wants a European, not a U.S.-led response to this crisis. He wants Europe to have its own security and defense policy that would create a kind of strategic autonomy. In Macron's view, the global geostrategic context has changed so much that Europe has to develop its own instruments to defend itself and shape policy. Well, isn't that what Donald Trump was wanting? <laughs> All right. Uh, NATO's reliance on U.S. money has been too great, Donald Trump was saying. Uh, these European nations need to spend their own money to defend themselves. But Germany has no strategic compass. Because of World War II, it is locked into a pacifist way of thinking. This explains why it is uncomfortable with Macron's idea, as are the Baltic states, Poland, and other Central European countries. Why is that? Ukraine, the Ukraine crisis has made Central Europe even more pro-NATO and pro-American because of Germany's closeness to Russia and Macron's ambitions to have a militarily and strategically capable Europe. Now, interesting, France and Germany have been uh, enemies, traditional enemies, virtually throughout all of history. <laughs> so maybe that, that thing will uh, you know, rear its ugly head again. These countries will likely put a break on any future EU integration, especially when it comes to security, defense, and foreign policy, where consensus would give way to simple majority voting under proposed reforms. They don't trust France's intentions which they see as weakening Europe's relationship with NATO. They don't trust Berlin because it is seen as too pro-Russia. This is bad news for the EU. Well, that's good news for us, folks. There is trouble in NATO land, trouble in EU land. That, that can only be good for us and good for Van Rensburg's prophecies, giving them hope of being fulfilled. So, so I'm going to get back into the, the document here. And... Let's pick it up from, this is about, uh, actually, it's just about two-thirds of the way down. And it's Luteritz, our day of reckoning. Mr. F. M. Boats of Merwaville wrote, quote, During a recent trip to Namibia, my wife and I paid a flying visit to Luteritz. On the return trip, we spent the night in a hotel at Aus, A-U-S, where we had convivial uh, chat to the manageress and her son. And during the course of the conversation, the railway line was mentioned. She said part of the line had been inoperable for two years. But last year, the government decided to repair and utilize it again. Apparently, it was covered under so much sand that only the tops of telephone poles were protruding. The line was cleared with bulldozers and had to be repaired in some places from what we could judge from the ballast and fillings. Okay, and so Pastor Martins and I did talk about this, and that was one of Van Rensburg's prophecies that the railroad line, that this particular railroad line, would eventually be opened up. Okay, so it has been opened up, and this would be part of the process of the Boer people eventually becoming free again. And let's continue. They further told us that the German government is pouring in vast amounts of money, mainly for a specific project, which has to keep the wheels turning, so to speak. Then I told them something about the Seer van Rensburg's visions, particularly those that had a bearing on the railway line to Luteritz. Uh, parentheses, among other things, Seer said, during that time, all the trains in the Union are standing still. All the motor cars are standing still. 
The only train line which will be opening is the one from Priska. We will get our cannons and guns from Luteritzbucht along the route. In the light of the above information, the day of reckoning for the New South Africa, in quotations, because this is the New South Africa is like the New Jerusalem, <laughs> is closer than we realize. Priska and the treaties. The seer said during that time the German government will not only honor the treaties signed between the rebels and Germans in 1914, but, quote, they are also coming to help us clean up the country. Then five German warships will dock at Luteritz, and Van Rensburg says they will arm us because we will be unarmed. We will have no defense force any longer. As soon as the warships dock, I see the English fleeing from Rhodesia and the Cape. The Lord will use the railway line built by Smuts and Botha to annex German West for England and to grant us total freedom and independence. So, uh, I think Pastor Martins and I briefly talked about this, and uh, it also coincides with the uh, experience of the people in Rhodesia. That and uh, but the people in Rhodesia, the whites in Rhodesia, are still there. They have not been expelled by even though they have a black government. The black leader of that government says, "Well, no, we need these white people because they're the farmers. <laughs> they provide food for us, so we don't want to get rid of them." Contrary to the policy of the ANC. Okay, so uh, continuing, just after the end of the rebellion, the seer told General Kemp, our work is complete. Now we must lay down our arms and just talk about the rebellion that he actually, uh, Van Rensburg was actually part of with General Kemp. For the time for realization of our freedom is not yet at hand. He then explained to Kemp that they would lose this round of the battle. This was before the end of World War I. Because in the distant future, another war will break out to continue this one. And that is true. World War II was simply the continuation of World War I because the Jewish objective of World War I was to establish a one-world government. And they had almost accomplished that with the so-called League of Nations. But the American people... And their representatives refused to ratify the League of Nations, thus pulling the rug out from under the League of Nations. Unfortunately, the League of Nations was able to exact from Britain the mandate by which the British would allow the Jews to take over Palestine. And that was a horrible development as well. So what we see is that you know, we're, th- these prophecies are now getting us into World War I and World War II, getting closer and closer to our time, okay? So uh, he confused, uh, sorry, continues rather. I read the word confusion while I was trying to say the word continue. Because in the distant future, another war will break out to continue this one, but division and confusion will leave the Boers without any hope after which the war will be rekindled, and with it, hope. For that reason, General Botha must take German West, otherwise later the Germans will have no reason to reclaim it, thus honoring our treaty. So this is looking to a post-World War II, whether he's talking about a German occupation of it, or simply German warships helping out. So who is reclaiming... uh, Southwest Africa, the Boer people, I'm not sure exactly how this uh, is going to work out. But if General Botha takes it, what, for South Africa? Well, w- whether he did or not, uh, the ANC would not honor such uh, such an arrangement. And, of, and I understand it that uh, uh, what used to be German Southwest Africa is... Uh, no, no longer possessed by them. According to the seer, the loyal Afrikaners by which, I've, this is his daughter or granddaughter, I think, Julie, who is using the term Afrikaner here. I don't think she realizes the distinction between Afrikaners and Boers. So I'll read it as I'm sure Van Rensburg would have uh, said it. According to the seer, the loyal Boer people will then drive away every jingo, 
being anglicized boar out of the country, and I'm sure Pastor Martins would also say every Cape Dutch Afrikaner pretending to be a boar. So we're looking at a civil war. This is predicting a civil war in South Africa. And it means the collapse of the ANC. It has to involve the collapse of the ANC, which is not saying a lot because the fact is that the ANC has is a, so, such a corrupt government that it has not been able to function on its own without international help and, and without the help of the Freemasons, who are actually uh, the Freemasons of the Cape Dutch, who actually created the ANC government. Okay, to give it, it's actually being run by the Cape Dutch Freemasons and the internationalists. And of course, the ANC is nothing but a front organization which takes orders from uh, the Freemasons of the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, Edomite, Edomite, Cape Dutch Edomite Afrikaners. So, and uh, the quote I just read about NATO and Germany from the Carnegie Institute now begins to lend credence to the possible implosion of NATO. If Germany leaves NATO, that, that what will happen to NATO? <laughs> I think it will implode. Okay. Anyway. So, but the uh, let's see where did I leave off? Okay. All right. So, uh, let me see here. Uh, sorry, I lost my place. All right, uh, thus honoring. Okay, just after the end of the rebellion, the seer told General Kemp, yeah, I, I just read that, uh, but I don't think I completed. But division and confusion will leave the Boers without any hope, after which the war will be rekindled, and with it, hope. So the, I guess the war of the Boer people to reclaim Southwest Africa for that reason, General Botham must take German West. Otherwise, l- later the Germans will have no reason to reclaim it, thus honoring our treaties. Okay, so this is, as we just found out, this is looking forward to post-World War II, post-World War II times. So then uh, she says, It seems unlikely that the Germans will come to our assistance, but let us return to the 1914 rebellion. It was the decision of General Smuts and Botha to attack German West Africa. The Afrikaners were opposed to it, but Smuts and Botha went ahead with their plans. This sparked the rebellion by dissatisfied Afrikaners, and approximately 600 of them, under the command of General Kemp, went to German West uh, to negotiate with the Germans. I think she's talking about Boer people, okay? Because the Boer did not want to uh, fight against their kinsmen in Germany, okay? And this is uh, under the command of General Kemp. They uh, went to German West Africa to negotiate with the Germans. English troops attempted to prevent them from reaching German West Africa. Nonetheless, they got through and handed written agreements to the Germans in which they undertook to not take up arms against Germany. Praise Yahweh. But South African government troops eventually took German West for England, and in the process, the agreements were forgotten. Okay, they were forgotten, but apparently they still are legal. However, Seer Van Rensburg has predicted that those same agreements will once again become extremely important for the Boer nation. At a time when they find themselves in dire straits, he said, Germany will not only come to our aid and arm us, but also acknowledge the agreements. Whoa! Whoa, okay. So, folks, let's keep our eye on the Ukraine war and how Germany responds to the situation. Next heading, Merino, Rams, and Blue Letters. In March 1955, Mr. Boy Musman wrote a letter to Die Volksblatt, or the Folkleaf, relating what the seer had told him about four important events which still had to be fulfilled, and when they could be expected to do so. One, great war troubles, which would plunge the country into chaos. We could say up until this point in time, since World War One. 
South Africa has been in a period of internal chaos, civil war, a constant state of civil war between the Boer people and the Cape Dutch Afrikaners. So that's one, great war troubles which would plunge the country into chaos, even more chaos, right? As I said, it's probably, it's definitely going to be a civil war with the Boer on one side and the Afrikaners and their allies on the other. Two, a brown-suited man who would unite the nation again. Three, a coup d'etat. A coup d'etat. And four, total freedom and prosperity for the Afrikaner. Whoa! Okay, let me repeat these four developments. Okay? Number one, great war troubles which would plunge the country into chaos. This obviously means civil war. Two, a brown-suited man who would unite the nation again. I'll be sending Pastor Martins a brand-new brown suit. Three, a coup d'etat. And four, total freedom and prosperity for the Afrikaner. Mr. Musman wrote as follows. Sir, during the past few days, Many people have asked me about the man dressed in a brown suit, as mentioned by the seer Van Rensburg. He did not say that this man would necessarily be the president. Brown is our national color. He said the man who would address the burghers from a hillock north of Lichtenberg, and burghers means villagers, would be dressed in a brown suit. The seer spoke about our future republic. If the seer's predictions are correct then we must not expect to get our republic via the ballot box, but by means of a coup d'etat. In parentheses, the above-mentioned declaration of the seer's vision 40 years ago caused great upheaval, and it was ridiculed by everybody. Even They're still ridiculing it even today. But after the April 1994 election, only an absolute fool would dare hope that the whites would ever win another election in South Africa, which would enable them to declare their own republic. Yes, and only an absolute fool in America would think we'd have another, we'd have an honest election ever again, with the ballot box being controlled by computers, and the counts and the counts voted in such far-flung places as Spain and Germany. Okay, with the Democrats having total control of the number of ballots being counted, right, and stuffing the ballot boxes wherever they could. Folks, there's no possibility ever again of having an honest election here in America. So forget it. That's not happening. We're in the end times, and we have to make our stand against Mystery Babylon. Quote, please follow me. To, to the state which predictions are concurrent with this. He, the seer, sees parliament in session. Vision. Our parliament is in session. It has rained. It's, it's R-A-I-N-E-D. It's raining. And the grass is green. Then it becomes white and dry. And when the grass becomes green the second time, the Germans will land in German West Africa. Then three blue letters arrive in Parliament, the Marino Rams, ministers and or cabinet members, stand with their heads together, planning and legislating. When the first blue letter arrives, the Marinos become shifty. A second blue letter arrives and they begin jumping around and with the third blue letter they scatter and flee from the Cape. I see the MPs rushing home as they now appear as wild Muscovy ducks. So there's going to be some kind of communication among these people which causes them to flee South Africa. I think only Pastor Martins can possibly interpret what this is. So hopefully he'll be able to join us next week. I will uh, address this vision to him so that uh, he can possibly analyze what, what this actually means. All right, so let's continue. Because the seer saw blue as the German color, 
The blue letters indicate this as a sign that sooner or later there could be direct German intervention in the affairs of South Africa. Now, folks, this is absolutely amazing. As I said three or four years ago when we addressed this issue, that uh, things would have to change dramatically within Germany before any such thing could happen. But it looks like things are moving in this direction. We'll just have to wait and see. It runs concurrently with the presence of German warships in Luderlitz at this stage. Quote, the consequences will be war. There is no government in the country and total chaos and mayhem will be the order of the day. Yeah, well, ANC is hardly any government. This, quote, intervention will be to the benefit of the, I think she, she says Afrikaner, but I think she means Boers, but will cause serious problems for the government as the arrival of the first letter will start putting pressure on it to give into certain demands. The second letter indicates that these demands were not met and the government feels threatened as ministers are jumping around as they will not know which way to go. The last letter indicates a possible ultimatum to the government, followed by the coup, after which Parliament is dissolved and flees from the Cape. Now, the only way I can see this possibly happening is for the New World Order to be in a state of collapse. And, of course, everything really depends on the ability of the World Bank, which, of course, is part of the UN, and the International Monetary Fund, and the international banks in general, to maintain their order of the international dollar diplomacy. If this dollar diplomacy fails, you know, by which they have been able to put pressure on the oil-producing nations to accept Federal Reserve notes in exchange for oil, and uh, we, we see there's BRICS and other there, there's another uh, unification movement besides BRICS, which is not in line with the New World Order and threatens the New World Order. And this could possibly include uh, China, North Korea, and other countries. That uh, we see that the assembled the nations assembled under Edom, namely the New World Order, that unity may begin to uh, may be collapsing as we speak. If that's the case, then the prophecies of Obadiah are being fulfilled right here and now, where Obadiah states that the your your allies will will begin to desert you. <laughs> okay, which uh, which of course that that may be playing right here into our analysis. So let's continue. Uh, let me repeat this. The second letter can indicate that these demands were not met and the government feels threatened as ministers are jumping around as they will not know which to, uh, to go. Yeah, they go back to Ukraine, their homeland, Kazaria. The last letter indicates a possible ultimatum to the government, followed by the coup, after which parliament is dissolved and flees from the Cape. Wow. Wow. Th- this would be awesome. Anyway. Van Rensburg interpreted the further course of the vision to Mr. Musman. Namely, Parliament dissolves in chaos, and there is no government any longer. When the ministers arrive here, we are mounted and ride in the direction of Lichtenberg. The Boers, now she uses the word Boers. The Boers are now ready for whatever lies ahead, and they do not hesitate to act. We gather at the hillock, where a man in a brown suit a loyal boar, addresses us. The rest of Mr. Musman's letter reads, quote, Seer sees hobbled horses grazing around the hillock. And he says, The fact that they are hobbled horses indicates that they are commando horses. They must soon be caught and saddled again, ready for war. Next heading. We cannot persuade them. Mr. Musman states further, quote, There are other visions related to this one. I asked the seer, How is it possible that we cannot convince the Afrikaner Sapa, li- liberals? <laughs> yeah, you can't convince the liberals of anything. They're brainwashed. With the best arguments and facts, seer replied, I saw their eyes. They are white like those of a blind man or a blind animal, and they pop out. Oh, yeah, L- like Mayor Lori L- 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 Lightfoot. <laughs> Leadfoot of Chicago, yeah, yeah, 
Beetlejuice, we cannot convince them. Yeah, the liberals are too far gone. You can't, they're totally brainwashed by communism. I then ask, so how will we Afrikaners ever come together then? The seer said, I have seen the divided nation, two pieces of wood, one with pegs in it and the other with holes. The red pickaxe goes over them. The pegs are then in the holes and the two pieces of wood joint so neatly that one cannot see the joints. I then asked Van Rensburg what this pickaxe meant, which he then explained, war troubles or a furnace. It is the Lord who will unite us again with that red-hot pickaxe, and there at the hillock north of Lichtenburg, we turn back and trek down here again, just as we did in 1914, but in our own time. Western Transvaal, Southern Free State, and Eastern Cape meet at the Groot River, Orange River, where we will meet the Germans and get all the guns and cannons we will need. Wow. (laughs) Amazing stuff, folks. An amazing prophecy yet to be fulfilled. Next heading, the Boer nation is armed at Priska, where the Germans armed us, made possible by the railway line between Priska and Luteritz originally built by Botha and Smuts, Van Rensburg sees us turning around and that our horns are sharp. We are now a force to be reckoned with. We turn back there and I see us rolling in the first dolerite rocks at Kimberley. The dolerite rocks being rolled in means that Kimberley will be the first place to be bombed by the Boers. This is the start of great trouble. The Boers advance on arrival. And on arrival, a number of Dolorite Rocks bombs fall. The trouble has scarcely started at Kimberley when I see the Union's Jews, English, and Jingos, enemy, it's got to be the Afrikaners, the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, fleeing to Vereinigung, where they all assemble. Okay, very interesting. The Union's Jews, English, and Jingos. Seer said, they also flee from German West Africa, Port Elizabeth, and East London to Vereinigung. I don't know where Vereinigung is. Maybe somebody in the uh, chat room can pinpoint that location. The English flee from Rhodesia as far as Mafeking and then turn towards Vereinigung. So the Vereinigung is going to be the last stronghold of the Jews, the British, and the Afrikaners. Wow, we'll see how this works out, folks. (laughs) We'll see how this works out. The burghers from northern Transvaal and Free State, those from Lichtenburg pursuing the English, surround the English there. Sears said the refugees trample each other to death at a bridge spanning Orange River, Upington. Then the Germans arrive by rail to Priska with cannons, guns, and ammunition for us. He then sees the place where they are trapped is hollow like a well, indicating that their position is critical. All right, chapter 23. Blood River recalled. Prompted by a question why these people were fleeing, Van Rensburg replied in an interesting but strange way. Quote, it will be because of the specter of terror which God has created in their hearts as it happened at Blood River on that day of 16th December 1838. Humanly speaking, they have just as many brave people as we do, but we must remember, nobody is brave before God. <laughs> In reply, the question why they were fleeing to Vereinigung, the seer said, we had to sign the humiliating treaty at Vereinigung, as well as give up our freedom. This, after thousands of lives had been sacrificed and our country literally turned into a wilderness, Go read Isaiah 14. Van Rensburg also issued a clear warning that before this specter of terror came over the enemy, the Boer nation would have to kneel in genuine reconciliation and renounce the world as they did at Blood River. First John, love not the world. We must pray that our sun does not set. Okay, so... Uh, This is dated 26 February 1922. 
Leviticus 26, 15 to 17. And if you shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhor my judgments, so that ye will not do all my commandments, but ye break my covenant, I will also do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror, consumption, and the burning ague that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of the heart. And ye shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. And I will set my face against you, and ye shall be slain before your enemies, that they hate you. They that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee when none pursueth you. And that's what's happening to all of Anglo-Saxonism, which used to be Christian, but is no longer. And of course, the Jews rule over us in these end times with an iron fist. They have, here in America, they have assassinated practically every good leader we have ever had, even before Lincoln. Uh, they certainly assassinated Lincoln and Kennedy and uh, Congressman Lewis T. McFadden uh, and many uh, of other uh, political leaders who would dare to challenge Jewish power here in America. So we haven't had such a leader lately, folks. <laughs> Not lately. They're all terrified. They know that the Jews will assassinate any really patriotic leader, and he hasn't got a chance in hell of changing the political scene. There's going to be a civil war here first, just as we're seeing the civil war in South Africa and ultimately the unity of the Boer people against the Cape Dutch Afrikaner and their Jewish allies, okay, pro-New World Order allies. So, very interesting that he quotes Leviticus twenty six fifteen through 17. And, uh, in parentheses here, virtually everything the boar sows and plants today is eaten by his enemies. That's for sure. And the same is true for all the white nations of the world. As though he sat watching a movie, Van Rensburg described to boy, Mr. Boy Musman what lay in store after reconciliation of the nation. Quote, they... The enemy will burst out of the east and flee to Durban. And even when they are on board the ships, they still shoot back at us. It is interesting that he sees them fleeing to Durban. Since early days, it has been the seat of the Englishman, the Indian, and the Zulu, all enemies of the Boers. Furthermore, it is a very liberal city that will welcome the enemies of the Boer with open arms and try to assist them. The great and final battle will take place there, but eventually our enemies will sound the retreat and leave the country, he said. Van Rensburg, wow, I mean, this is an amazing prophecy, folks. If we see this come to pass, well, I want to see it come to pass in my lifetime, <laughs> but it can't be that far off because the global, the global economy is collapsing. I don't see how the Rothschilds and their henchmen, the Rockefellers, and of course all the international banks with which they are affiliated and which they control, can keep this situation under wraps in their control. Uh, I, I think that it's all devolving into chaos. The the global lockdown that they they created may, may well be their own undoing. Let's see. Continuing, Van Rensburg said he opened his old state Bible. At Exodus 14.13, quote, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of Yahweh, for which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall set them again and fear, or see them again no more forever. Well, I mean, uh, we see uh, Egyptian paganism <laughs> in our midst but not the Egyptians themselves. A warning. Mr. Boy Musman describes it thus, quote, We are sitting in front of this little home, and he says to me, Do you see between those two aloes? They burst out due east. And he must be referring to uh, two aloe plants. They burst out due east and flee to Durban. And once they are on the ships, they still fire back at us who are pursuing them. Then when they leave, I open my Bible at Exodus 14:13. Look, this is the word of God, and as long as the world exists, no Englishman or other enemy will ever be in Africa to harm us again. 
We signed the humiliating treaty at Vereinigen, and it is there where we will deal the English the death blow. A warning? Not so? After that, I see brown horses coming from Durban. It is the returning burghers who had pursued the enemy. My blue rowan, which I had lost during the first battle at Mafikeng on 12th October 1899, was with the brown horses. Then my shoes fell off my feet, and I put on new ones. This is the new Boer Republic. In closing, Mr. Musman emphasized, remember, Van Rensburg said, we get a perfect republic from a perfect God without a penny's national debt. There you go. No debts to Jewish moneylenders. That alone will give us a paradise on earth. At Prisca, my one shoe gets a new upper, an interim government. Then I see a blue suit of clothes, Germany. Then a brown suit, the Boers. Then a gray suit, a divine person. And when the burghers return from Durban after driving off the enemy, I get a new pair of shoes, a new saddle, and bridle. This means a permanent government and a totally new beginning. Wow. After the enemy has been conquered, the Fierklur is dipped in a uh, not sure what that means, is dipped in a bucket of blood and hoisted over this new republic which Afrikaners have been fighting for, and which the Boer people have been fighting for over so many decades. It will be a republic won through sorrow, suffering, and bloodshed, and for which the nation had to make many sacrifices. After that, the seer predicted, the Boer will enjoy unprecedented freedom and prosperity. So, this has to be the coming of the kingdom, folks. The new Jerusalem is going to come down to this earth. The Judeo preachers who say the kingdom is going to be up in the sky or in heaven or whatever they think, wherever they think it's going to be is false teaching. The meek shall inherit the earth, folks. The new Jerusalem is descending from the clouds and is going to settle here on earth. And America and South Africa, the Boer Republic, are going to be major points of the government, the worldwide government that we will control. In closing, Um Klasi confirmed that the northern and southern Rhodesia, Zambia and Zimbabwe, would become part of our republic when the Germans come to reclaim German West. Okay, very good. So that entire area, which used to be called, well, not all of Rhodesia, southern Rhodesia, Zambia and Zimbabwe, would become part of our republic when uh, the Germans would come to reclaim German West Africa. Now, folks, this is a, this would be a momentous moment. So if we see Germany coming to support the Boer people in our lifetimes, this will be an amazing fulfillment of this prophecy. Anyway, it is interesting to note that the seer points to a man in a brown suit as the one who will pacify the angry Boers. A nation without a leader and a shepherd is the next heading with about 10 minutes left. Messrs. Eus Hasbrook and the late Paul Prinsloo were of the opinion that the silence mentioned by Van Rensburg will be concurrent with the period of despondency which will descend on the Afrikaner nation after the election April 1994. Well, actually, the Afrikaners arranged that, which is a period of despondency which will descend upon the Boer people after the election, April 1994, which created, of course, the ANC, the ANC rule. This will ring in the dark period when matters will worsen for the Boer, and indeed, that prophecy has totally come to pass. I see the Boer's hats pulled over their eyes, and their heads are hanging low. They look very despondent. I see they have spots on their eyes, like pearls, cataracts. They are blinded and cannot see what is really happening around them. They still can't see it. Hopefully they're beginning to wake up. Then I see Hosea 4.16 appearing before me. For Israel slideth back like a backsliding heifer. Now the Lord will feed them as a lamb in a large place. Now Israel will be homeless and without leader or shepherd. Again, the Boer people have always considered themselves to be Israelites of of the tribe of Judah, no doubt. 
because a large portion of Germany is Judah. Quote, then Van Rensburg said he saw the grass becoming dry, the advent of winter, but not necessarily the first winter after the election. He also sees the grass becoming white, dry, a bitterly cold winter, as we have never experienced before. The silence and seeming peace after the election will soon be something of the past, for according to recently late Mrs. Elise Botha, her father, Dr. Servas Rassau, often told them over dinner that Van Rensburg had seen how drops of blood had rolled across the land from north to south, much more in the north and Natal than in the Cape. And here and there, fires also sprang up. This predicts trouble, murder, and violence again. So, and again, we here in America, we have George Washington's prophecy, his threefold prophecy, one, the expansion of a, winning the uh, Revolutionary War, and expanding from coast to coast. The Next, the black cloud from Africa, which presages the Civil War. And then the red cloud from Europe, in which there will be civil war, fighting in every big city and even small city in America, which is what Washington foresaw in the third part of his vision. So America and South Africa are joined together, because why? We are Israelite nations. Today, since the ANC took over in 1994, that vision has become reality. The unrest, robberies, violence, and bloodshed in the Cape is not as intense <coughs> as in Natal or Gauteng. Well, because that's the stronghold, as we just found out, of the English, and so they're not going <coughs> to—they're not going to uh, <coughs> inconvenience themselves. Excuse me. Today, since the ANC take over in 1994, that vision has become reality. After that, he saw people marching down the streets in Johannesburg, mass action, mass demonstrations. Violence erupts in Gauteng and strikes take place all over the country. Uh, 1st October 1917, the Maze Cobs, I guess this is the date the vision was... was, uh, uh, written down. The maize cobs are on fire in Johannesburg. 15th July 1919. People with shovels behind their backs come from the same direction. They are on strike. And when they start work, there is a large floor negotiations that fail. So, the villagers with pickaxes and shovels are getting restless and they're getting ready to storm the castle, folks. He also sees Parliament in session, and it will be a long session. Then added, quote, When the first rains fall and the grass starts turning green, I look at Parliament because trouble will start there. The Merino sheep, not only bore leaders any longer, sit with their heads together, talking and arguing about the many problems, strikes, and violence in the country. So maybe some English will join the Boer people? Who knows? We'll see. At this stage, hostility from Indian ranks reaches a crisis over the Afrikaners' language, and all efforts to maintain it have already failed. Because Van Rensburg sees Afrikaans fading into the background, uh, prophecies recorded 24th April 1923, quote, a yellow paper, Indian influence, appears in the Union with something written on it which fades and which fades his writing, the language of the Boers, my writing, and everything connected with it is now being denied and trampled upon. All the protests of the Boer fall on deaf ears, and he can only watch helplessly as the official status of this language disappears. Okay, so, but of course, it's still alive and well today. And it's the language of the Boer people. It's a, a version of German, very akin to Dutch. Important news, and, and there's a lot of English in there too. Important news reports are deliberately and openly being withheld from the public, and there is total ignorance about events in the country, for news coverage on TV and radio is now in the hands of the enemy with strong communist ties. Quote, there is a tunnel, and the largest stream runs east, reports of unrest and bloodshed in Natal. A wide stream of blue water flows, and in front it becomes a sickle. Violence in Germany becomes world news. 
the local media now in the hands of communists, the sickles. Very interesting. In another vision, so will the German people rebel, rebel against the flood of immigrants that the dragon has spewed out against the German people and against all of Europe and against us here in America as well? And in Australia, New Zealand, other countries, will our people finally rebel against this tyrant, tide of illegal immigrants and actually invaders sent out by the Rothschilds against us? Will our people finally wake up and realize that the devil himself, in the person of the Jewish people, has inflicted this upon us Anglo-Saxon people? Whether they realize that or not, the Germans are getting restless and so is the rest of Europe, and so is America. We're getting more and more restless as time goes on, and the Rothschilds are going to... Uh, it's a race against time for them. They have to establish their total dictatorship militarily. If they don't establish this militarily, all is lost. They, they can preach to us New World Order all they want to, but unless they take our guns away, and it looks here like they're not even going to be able to prevent the Boer people from being armed against them, there will be an armed confrontation between Anglo-Saxondom and world Jewry. Same vision for General George Washington. So, folks, it's coming. Get ready for it. Okay, so let's continue. We have about uh, three minutes left. It is at this point the three blue letters arrive in Parliament. According to Mr. Hasbroke, the Germans are now demanding their territory, which we handed over to a black government way back, right, in 1914. This is going to be, well, it's well over 110 years ago, almost 110 years ago. When the last blue letter arrives, Van Rensburg sees, quote, a vehicle which looks like a flak-bottom boat landing on the West Coast. For some or other reason, Van Rensburg once again asked Mr. Musman not to tell the public everything. In particular, do not say too much about the strong German force which is coming to assist the Boers. Okay, so a flat bottom boat. Well, it could be troops landing. Could be troops landing, folks. Mr. Hasbach said shortly after this, Um Klasi saw the government falling apart, that is the ANC government. It will not only be the NP, but also the government that took over from them. Quote, the Boer nation is still divided at this stage, and it is then Um Klasi saw the red pickaxe go over it. The divided nation is suffering badly under the communists, but unite under a spiritual leader. I think the communists will initiate something. Well, they never did initiate the Night of the Long Knives when the the communists, the blacks, were supposed to go around exterminating all the white people. That has not happened yet. Now nothing can prevent the bloody conflict ahead. Van Rensburg said he sees everyone who played a part in the surrender. Now maybe that portion of the prophecy was misinterpreted, and that was from another author, not his granddaughter Julie. So maybe they simply misinterpreted that. uh, That was upon the death of Mandela. Now, whether they were actively involved or approved of it will be attacked by the specter of terror he previously saw coming over the enemies of the Boer. So all the traitors in the government are, are going to get their just desserts. He sees how these people, women in particular, fleeing from their homes, not even having time to shut doors or windows, because while they are running in terror, the curtains are blowing around in the open windows. But for those who knew that reform would only bring about harm and humiliation, that is the ANC version of reform, there will be no fear, for their salvation is at hand. This period will also ring in the start of World War Three. All right, we're there, folks. Next heading, rivers of blood in Eastern Europe. But that's it for today. We'll have to save this for next week. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition, folks. See you all next time. Bye-bye.